So last week, we, again, we started that series, and this week uh, there was another video uh, that the prayer that we're going to uh, see if we're bold enough to pray is the prayer, break me, break me, break me, break me. And now let me preface everything that I'm going to say. If you are not a believer or not a Christian, uh, you don't have to pray this prayer. As a matter of fact, if, you're not, if you are a believer, this is not something that you have to pray. Uh, none, of, none, of what, none of what we've been discussing here is something you have to do for the Lord to be pleased with you or for you to be in good standing with God. God loves you whether you pray or not. Okay, God loves you whether you attend church or not. You, your, your position with him is, is secure. Uh, you are loved by a God uh, that wants nothing more than to have a relationship with you. So as I, I talk today, I just want you to keep that in mind that uh, this is something that, that as you mature in your walk with the Lord and if it's something that you want to uh, experience in your life is to be closer to God in, in any given capacity or area, this is just a prayer that is not a normal prayer. This is not a God, thank you for this day kind of prayer. It's not a, you know, God, as we travel, be with us and, and, and protect us, God. It's not that kind of prayer. It's not, my kids are going off to school, be with my kids, give them favor. It's not that kind of prayer. It's a, it's, these are prayers that you uh, pray to God when, when you get a sense of he is pulling you a little bit closer. You get the sense that he wants a little bit more from you, that, that the status quo, you're not okay with being stuck in what you've always experienced at church. And maybe you're like me and you grew up in church or you know a lot about the Bible. You can probably quote more scriptures than I can, but you feel stuck in your spirituality. You feel like, yeah, well, maybe I know the Bible. Maybe I've been around Christians for a long time. But if, I, if I'm honest and I look at my personal devotion to God, I feel like I'm just, I don't have any traction. I feel like I'm just stuck. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I feel like uh, uh, something I don't want to feel. And so uh, in this world that we live in today, the things that are, that are broken, right, are, are usually things that we discard, that we throw away, that we no longer need. Uh, and so we, they're thrown out. Damaged goods are, are rejected and thrown away. Uh, and that, that includes people, right? Uh, in marriage, when a relationship breaks down, you know, we, we don't, sometimes don't want to work to fix that relationship. We just go ahead and get a new one, right? We have a tendency to walk away and find something uh, that requires us not to commit to the process of reconciliation. Uh, the world is full of people with broken hearts and broken spirits, but the underlying um, principle or sentiment behind the prayer, Lord, break me, is you're asking God uh, to, to, to help you die to yourself. The idea is, Lord, help me become less dependent on me and more dependent on you. Help me trust less in my abilities and my resources and help me trust more and depend more on you. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I, I don't like it, but the reality is that after brokenness, uh, what I've experienced comes fruitfulness. That after seasons in my life where I have, I've allowed God to break me, um, and I'll explain a little bit more what that means for us today, is that I've seen fruit come out of that, or I've seen positive, or I've seen things that um, I would classify as fruit in my life. And most Christians don't understand brokenness, and we try to avoid any sort of pain. We try to avoid any sort of discomfort. We try to avoid any kind of season in our lives that makes us feel like we got to work for something, and we got to endure something. And, and we try to avoid those things in our lives that are not comfortable or convenient, and sometimes 
that they're not comfortable or convenient, we immediately say, no, that must not be what God has for me. Because if it was God, it would be a little bit easier, right? If it was God, it, it wouldn't come at such a high price. If it was God uh, leading and guiding me, then the way would be just a little bit easier. But sometimes it is just not that way. And most of us don't understand the heart of being broken. We like healing and we like blessing, but those who allow God to break them just really experience something that those that don't, don't. Right? Those that allow God to say, you know, help me trust less than my, less in my ability and help me trust more in you in every area, not just the areas that we're comfortable with. Uh, in John chapter 12, uh, verse 24 and 25 says this, and this is Jesus speaking. It says, uh, very truly I tell you, Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, okay, look at the imagery here. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, if it is broken, it produces many seeds. Verse 25, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal joy eternal life. A grain of seed by itself remains alone. It produces no fruit. If it dies, though, it grows into something much more bigger than it was when it started. So here in the kingdom, and, and as you learn to follow Jesus, you will quickly learn that to die means to live, right? To, to, to go down means to go up. It's kind of countercultural. It's kind of counterintuitive. Uh, it reproduces itself and can be sowed into millions of fields. The illustration applies to Jesus. As long as Jesus remained with us, he could only do but so much. But when he died, he made it possible for all of us to be part of the kingdom of God. He who loves his life will lose it. But he who hates his own life, his own ambitions, his dreams, and his goals, and is willing to say, Lord, not what I want, but what you want. Not my way, but your way. Not my decisions, but your decisions. Not my dreams, but your dreams. And, and that's tough when it comes to dreams. Sometimes we have these dreams. We have aspirations. We have these goals that we've envisioned for our family and ourselves. And we're like, well, God, if I continue on this path, I'll never be that. But it feels like you have me on this path. So what am I to do? The, the heart of, of, of the prayer to be broken is to say, okay, God, I just choose to trust you more than I choose to trust myself. I choose to trust your sight more than I'm able to see how, or trust how far I could see. I'm willing to trust your vision for my life more than I trust my vision for my own life. So what is brokenness? It's when God removes every hindrance that, that stops us from depending on him alone. So what things are in your life right now that keep you or stop you from depending on him completely? If we trust anything in us, we refuse then to be broken. If we put our trust in our own strength, then we refuse to be broken. We're saying, okay, well, I choose uh, the fact that I'm, a, I'm resourced and I'm not going to have to trust God with my finances because I am, you know, producing for myself. I'm not, I don't need to trust God with my family. I got that settled or, or in whatever uh, area of life. We have an inner desire to be independent from God. I mean, we're, we're born that way. We want to be self-reliant and self-dependent, and I could build it, and I could hold it together, and I could manage it because I've been made strong, right? I know what to do. And we have walls around segments of our lives, and we offer God 95% 
But then there are areas where we say, okay, God, well, don't mess with me there. For most people, it's their money. Okay, God, I'll serve you in every capacity, but don't be touching my money, right? Or don't be touching what I can watch on TV, or don't touch who I can relate to, or don't, don't touch who I can spend time with, or how I dedicate my life or my time. Those things. Don't mess with my family life. My kids need me, right? So we offer God segments of our life. And there's areas of your life that God does not have any control of. And we talk to God about it and we rationalize and we say that since we can't have victory in certain areas, then, you know, in that area, I'm just going to relax in and it's going to be a private area that I don't allow God in since I can't seem to have any victory, since I can't break through. And we all have these areas that we don't want to surrender. And God has targeted these areas for brokenness. And he is after self-will and self-dependency. And God wants us to live completely dependent on him. So when you look at your life and when, and when you look at your relationship with the Lord, it's funny, uh, as, as I was preparing for this week and thinking about it, there was just some areas in my life that it was just hard to pray this prayer. You know, just the thought of saying, God, break me. I was like, wait, I don't want to feel nothing bad. Um, well, I don't want to experience negative things. Like, you know, we've been conditioned as, as, as believers to, it has to look and feel a certain way. Otherwise, it can't be God. So what I'm here to, to, to as, as, as a message more than a sermon to you, so something you would receive more than you would learn, is the fact that God is longing for you to get rid of your self-dependence and allow Him to completely satisfy and completely be your all in all. And then there's a breaking point. There's something about reaching a breaking point that causes us to seek the Lord like sometimes we haven't. You know, I know we've all experienced, I probably give you a mic and you probably do this better than I, but they've been seasons in your life where you would say, man, I just hit the bottom. And after I hit the bottom, all I could do is say Jesus or all I could do is say God. And there's those moments of brokenness when you realize, I just can't do anything. I can't move forward. There's nothing I could do. Uh, man can't help me. Finances can't help me. There's nothing out there that could help me. The only thing that could help me is God. There's those seasons of anxiety, right, where you felt overwhelmed by life. Your mind, you couldn't put to peace. You were going and going in anxiousness or you reach a place where you didn't have the finances to do what you thought you needed to do and you were and you were saying, God, help me, or you were in a relationship, and it seemed like every time you talked, it was like a boxing match, and you just reached to the point of like, I just, Lord, how much more can I take? And we reached that place of desperation, or we've been rejected, or, or we, we, we go from job to job and interview to interview, and nobody wants to hire us, and we go through seasons of life where we feel like we just can't come out on top. And it's in those seasons where we look up to God and say, well, God, I'm just broken. Will you help me? And there are things learned in those seasons that we won't learn any other way but experiencing those things. And, and, and there's just no other way around those lessons than to experience what it is for you not to be able to have enough or be enough. King David was once broken as he prayed the, Psalms 50, the very famous Psalms 51. He was caught, well, he had committed adultery and just did this whole, I encourage you to read it, and just do this whole uh, series of lies to cover his steps. But then when he is confronted, this is his prayer. And this is a prayer of brokenness. It's found in, found in Psalms 51. And it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. 
Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. Again, you, you only, against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. You know, I find it funny that he, he's not excusing himself in this prayer. He's not giving the reasons why he did what he did. He's not trying to, you know, finagle God or trying to, you know, like God doesn't know, right? He just says, you know, against you and only you have I sinned. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't an oops. It wasn't I fell. It was I consciously made a decision that went against you. God, help me. Against you, verse 4, and only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justify when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth and sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. Verse 7, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let, let me hear your joy and goodness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. This is a man that has fallen, a man that is broken. He's saying, God, please, right? Verse 10, then he says, create in me a pure heart. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast, do not cast from me your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I will bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit and a contrite or repentant heart. God, you will not despise such a heart. And that's where we're going to camp for a minute. My sacrifice, oh God, is not offerings, is not works, is not church attendance, is not saying the right thing all the time, is not even doing the right thing all the time, but my sacrifice is a broken spirit, one that is just not self-reliant, one that is completely trusted in you. Oh God, Oh, God, is a, is a broken spirit, a broken and repentant or contrite heart. You will not despise. When was the last time that you were repentant because of your life and what your life was producing or not producing? And repentant just means you are walking one way, you were doing life in such a way, and, and you realize that you've wronged and now you're walking the, the other way. When was the last time you weren't just, it wasn't just guilt, it wasn't just shame that you shouldn't accept ever, but you felt remorseful, repentant. There's some things in our life that need to be broken like pride and self-will and stubbornness and sinful habits. When we feel broken, God compensates. In Isaiah 57, 15, it says, I live in a high and holy place, but, all, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit. God is there. To us, broken things against are despised, but God can take what has been broken and remake it into something better for his glory. Think about the little that you have to offer. Think about the little. Think about how, how, uh, 
small we are in scope of humanity and the little we have to offer, but God could take something small and produce something big. God, you might not be able, you and I might not be able to change the whole world, but we can change somebody's world. That we can. And there are two different stories that I want to throw out there to you before we close. Uh, And they're found back to back in the book of Mark chapter 14. And Luke's, uh, Luke's writes the same story about a sinful woman, a prostitute. Uh, and um, let me read it to you. It's found in Mark chapter 14. I'll just read you the ending of it. You can read it yourself. And it says, while Jesus was, at Beth- was in Bethany reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper. And that, that let's stop there. Uh, Jesus was there. And people would run away from lepers. And there Jesus is reclining. I could just picture him reclining, chilling with people that nobody else would want to associate with. There is Jesus. What a picture for us, right? Oh, Simon the leper, a woman came uh, with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. And she broke, there's a word, she broke the jar and poured the perfume. Now, what you have to understand about this perfume, it was a, a year's wage uh, worth of perfume. It was expensive. It was uh, the, the people of the time could not afford perfume, but she, it was her occupation being a prostitute, which she would use to lure the men. So as she would walk by men, men would smell and say, whoa, now we know what she, it was like her calling card. This was like what would sustain her. It's not like anybody would wake up one morning and say, I want to be a prostitute. That wasn't the goal of any young girl at the time, but maybe life had pushed her in that direction. Maybe men had treated her in such a way where this was last resort. Maybe she was a single mother and she had no other way. And so here she is uh, taking what is most valuable to her, the, her, her way of providing for her home. And the Bible says, says she came with an alabaster jar full of very expensive perfume. And she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. This is her way of saying, you can have all of my life. Take everything that I am. Her gift represented her past, but her gift also represented her future. It was like saying, God, here's all of me. I have nothing left. I'm just like everybody else. Take all that I am. And she broke it. And people were saying, no, maybe, maybe you should have just not broken that. And they tried to rebuke her and tell her she was doing the wrong thing. And Jesus was like, no, no, no. Let her do what she came to do. Her gift represented her past, leaving her, her sinful life, and her gift represented her future, her savings, and, and just pouring out her provision. This is the equivalent, it's funny, this is the equivalent, okay, if this was your occupation, if you were a fisherman, a fisherman burning his or her boat, that would be the equivalent of such a moment. It's whatever I could produce my income with, that I'm going to burn, that I'm going to destroy, that I'm going to cast down at God's feet. So it's that equivalent. It's the equivalent if you are a musician, okay, and you're, and you're cutting off your hands, as gruesome as that may be, and just say, God, have my hands. I can't think of anything better, right? The way you make your money, right? If you were a singer, that's like saying, God, I'm not going to sing anymore. You can have my way to produce, man. I can't think of anything else. But that's the equivalent. She didn't just pour some of her perfume. She didn't just give God some of her life. She gave it all. And that, that prayer to be broken is saying, God, will have it all. I'm not going to play it safe. I'm not going to keep what I need to keep and give you what I need to give you. God, at some point, I'm just going to say you can have it all. 
And Jesus, uh, and on another occasion in Luke chapter uh, 20, uh, 22, verse, I'm sorry, the second story in Mark 14, it says, uh, and they were eating. This is uh, the Last Supper. And Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces. There's our word. He broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take it. This is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks and uh, gave God thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people that is poured out as a sacrifice for many. And, and what, what, what I want to highlight is poured out. It was broken and poured out. And so many theologians, and I, and I think most would agree, most smart people would agree that when, when Jesus said, and he took this bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When he says, do this in remembrance of me, well, that's why we have communion. That's why we break bread, right? But I also believe, and there's a group that also believes that it wasn't just the act of having communion or sitting down at a table and drinking the, the juice and eating the bread, but it was also the act of being broken and being poured out. The act of being broken and being poured out. Do that also in remembrance of me. Don't just do the act, but live the life. Don't just do the meal, but do the life. Live a broken life. Live the poured out life. What does it mean to live the pour out, poured out life? Well, it's a life that is given for many. It's like my life is not, not my own. I give it. I'm bread to the body. I'm bread for whoever needs it. My life is for his people. And that's a hard, that's a hard way to live because it's going to require you to say no to you. And it's going to require you to say no to two things that us Americans love, which is comfort and it's convenience. And living that kind of life is not going to be comfortable or convenient or cheap. I want to throw cheap in there, right? <laughs> but do this, not just the bread and not just his body and not just the wine and, and the blood, but do this, live a broken and poured out life. Are you living a broken and a poured out life? Is your life making a difference for the people around you? How are you serving the people around you? Remember, the whole Christian thing is about loving people. And if, you, if we're gathering together and all it is, we're doing playing karaoke in the morning and singing together, right? Or all we're doing is just hanging around on Sundays with each other and we're not making a difference in people's lives, then I just think we're just, eh. But it's about pouring out our life. What, are you, what is your life? How are you investing, spending your life? God Break my heart for the things that break your heart. He doesn't want a sacrifice of money. He doesn't want a sacrifice of works. He wants a broken and a contrite heart. So when you pray, break me, expect rejection, expect to fail, expect pain. Expect hurt to come. That's why it's a dangerous prayer. That's why most of us don't pray the prayer. That's why in my own quiet times and in my own walk with God, I sometimes find it difficult to pray, God, break me, because we don't want to be broken. Who wants to be broken? And one of our many goals as a church is that uh, you guys will become fully devoted followers of Christ. And some of us aren't living fully devoted. We're living part partially devoted lives. 
So a prayer like this helps us step in that direction, the direction of being fully devoted. So the question is, what kind of follower do you want to be? And God is content with just you following. God is content with you peeking in like Joanne said this morning. There's not a timetable or when you have to do this or do that. You follow God at your speed. That's okay. But at some point, you, you will want more than what you're experiencing. If you find yourself stuck in your prayer life, stuck in your walk with God, and you're saying, well, I'm just doing the church thing to do, and then I would ask you, are you praying a prayer like, God, break me? And when you're praying that prayer, are you being sincere? And then are you doing what God is asking you to do, or just, you know, sometimes you're just satisfied with knowing, <laughs> right? We're satisfied with, well, I know what I'm supposed to do, and that is enough. And us Americans, we stop at knowing what to do. But sometimes when it's at, now we have to do something with what we know. Ooh, now I got to do something? That's going to require what? I'm, I'm going to have to not do that so that I can make some space for a prayer life, for meditation, for introspection, for me to think about why I'm doing the things that I'm doing, for saying, God, have your way in my heart. Search me. See if there is any unrighteous way in me. Break me for the things that break yours. Rid me of pride. Break the love of the things of the world off of me. Break myself. Once again, the bottom line, the principle or the heart of the prayer, Lord, break my heart, is saying, Lord, break myself. Break myself. Rid me of myself, my self-dependence. The things that I go to before I go to you, break me of those. The things that I find as crutches to help me live life, that are helping me stay up, and, uh, and, and it's not you, rid me of those things. What are my crutches? For some of us, it's our family. For some of us, it's our friends. For some of us, we just numb ourselves with TV, numb ourselves with you know, recreation, numb ourselves with video games, numb ourselves with our phones, numb ourselves with whatever it is. We numb ourselves rather than saying, God, have your way. And that's okay for a season. But if you want more. When the sinful woman broke the jar, she didn't hold back a single drop. When Jesus' body was broken for us, he gave his whole life. Are you holding something back? Maybe it's time to pray, God, break me. Maybe today's the day where you say, well, maybe I'll do this dangerous prayer and say, well, I want a little bit more than what I've been experiencing in my faith journey. And if that's the case, I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer. Not today. You don't have to come up here. We don't have to lay hands on you and pray for you. But this is, a, this is an individual thing, something that you do because you want to, not because of emotion, but because you don't want to be stuck, because you don't want to live life like you see other believers experiencing life. You want a more fruitful life. And unless a seed is broken, unless it dies, it cannot be fruitful. But if it's broken, if it dies then it can be fruitful. Will you stand up and allow me to pray for you this morning? And we're going to sing that song that we sang uh, at the very end of worship together one more time so the band could come up or just you two. Oh, Glock, if everybody could come, we're going to pray. We're going to play that. And if Alex, if you would hit those lights for me for just a second, Alex. We're, gonna, we're going to sing the whole song. Emily's going to lead us in the whole song. And then I'm going to pray for us. And then you can be dismissed. Amen.
Father, we thank you for your word that does not return void. But God, it is sown into the hearts of everybody that's here. Have your way in us, God. Glorify yourself. May we honor you in the things that we say and the things that we do. And may we be uh, a little bit different today as a result of being in your presence and being close to you and each other. We love you and we thank you and we bless you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. You're officially dismissed. Hug each other, love one another, don't forget your children. And we'll see you next week for part three of Dangerous Press.